Welcome to Switchfoot Song Stories, a fan-run and operated podcast, not affiliated with Switchfoot. Hey everybody, welcome back. It is good to be back. Uh, We took a week off last week after about three straight months of new shows and kind of felt like my week was all screwed up, not having a Thursday release, but we are back and I wanted to let everybody know if you're just now discovering the podcast, we've got a whole bunch of amazing shows in the archives for you to go back and listen to. And we've got a whole bunch of amazing guests lined up for the next set of shows, including this week's guest, singer, songwriter, and podcast host, Kevin McClure. Kevin, welcome to Switchfoot Song Stories. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. It's good to have you. A question I often ask our guests, when did you first fall in love with this amazing band? Oh my gosh. So Switchfoot has been almost at the very beginning of my musical journey. I grew up as a kid, you know, when you when you're a kid, you like just listen to your parents' music up until you hit a certain point that you're like, wait, there's other stuff out there. And uh, the very first band that I fell in love with was uh, called Good Charlotte, which is nothing like Switchfoot. Well, I shouldn't say nothing, but not a whole lot like Switchfoot. And my very second band that I fell in love with was Switchfoot. And I was given this CD in 2003 uh, called The Beautiful Letdown. And I put it in my parents' uh, CD uh, changer thing into their whole (laughs) home stereo. Remember when home stereos were like as tall as your living room ceiling? (laughs) And I listened through that CD like just over and over and over. And I remember from the very first chord of meant to live, just like just catching me right away. And I would get all the way through. And I remember, I remember replaying on fire probably a hundred times. And I'd finally get to 24 and replay that about a hundred times and go back to meant to live. And the whole thing would cycle back over again. And for years, my favorite song ever has been dare you to move. And so that, that album in particular has, just a huge place in my heart. And it did not take very long for Switchfoot to be that most favorite band in the world to me. So they've been my favorite for a long, long time to the point where I have a lot of friends who they know that. <laughs> and uh, they don't make fun of me because I feel like that has a negative connotation. But they know that anytime that I do anything, they they can find a little hint of Switchfoot in it. Yeah. <laughs> Just fine. <laughs> Yeah, I'm right there with you, especially with that particular album. Uh, first fall in love with them at that time. And I think I went through little seasons of, you know, like you said, wearing out a song like, you know, this mm-hmm. week, it's going to be this song from that album. And eventually it starts to skip because the old CDs and everything. But yeah, good stuff. And, and oh, you're man. you're taking me back too with the good Charlotte thing. That's I, I like them for a while, too. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So as an artist yourself, um, I noticed on your Instagram that. I think it might have been last November, you wrote a song a day. And at one point in time, you said you had written over 100 songs in a year's time. So you got a little John Foreman in you. Uh, yeah, I, dude, I I definitely took that cue from John. Um, I remember being, I don't know, I think I was 17 when I saw this. I'm sure you've seen it. There's like a, there's like a behind the music kind of an interview that he did. Um, this would have been like, oh, gravity era time. Mm-hmm. and he had he was just starting to like talk about doing solo songs and he, in this interview 
uh, he was just, they were just discussing it and I'm sure it was another interview was quoted, but basically it came up that he was like, sometimes you'll, you'll write a song for a song a day for a month or two or three. And it's just good. It's just a good habit. And I took that and was like, well, if he thinks it's a good habit, then clearly I need to be doing that. <laughs> so, so yeah, now I, I try to write something every day, um, whether it be a full song or uh, just a, just a, a lyric of some sort or a, a melody that needs to come to mind. Um, I'm not quite as prolific as John. And I think there's very few people who probably are, uh, but uh, I do my best because I think it is absolutely a great discipline and a good habit to be in as a songwriter. Yeah. And it's like a, you know, a daily journal. Um, mm-hmm. Plus you just never know. I mean, we hear all these stories, you know, even through this podcast and, and through the interviews over the years about, like, oh, that lyric was, you know, written 10 years ago and just came to life. Or <laughs> yeah. this one was written at 3 a.m. last night. You know, it's just amazing how they're able to piece all that together. But that discipline of writing, you know, I'm as a sports writer, I, I talk to, you know, anybody that asks about, you know, journalism or anything or writing a book. Um, like, how do you do it? Or, or what's, you know, what's your advice? And I'm just like, write, 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 keep writing. So it's, yep. it's cool to hear. Just constantly. Artists, yeah. Artists doing the same thing. Um so your your EP Gloomy Days came out in August, and did I see you have a like a Halloween esque song out recently? I did, yeah. I did something a little bit different. So Gloomy Days was um, kind of a it was kind of a, an adventure into the depths of my own heart and just kind of p- pulling up a lot of the junk that I've had to just kind of uh, work through in the last several years. Um, songs that I wrote several years ago and songs that I've, I even wrote in the middle of recording that EP. Um, and then once that EP was kind of done and out, um, another song I was kind of working on that was more just like for fun. <laughs> um, and I was honestly just wanting to kind of reach into the experience of like what it's like to, um, to experience a force beyond yourself. And, you know, there's as a, as a Christian, you know, I experience a force beyond myself all the time and in the Holy ghost. And so it was kind of like a fun play on that concept. And so my, my heart kind of went that direction. And then it just kind of like turned into kind of this eerie sounding thing and went kind of Halloweeny. And I, it's not really a Halloween song, but it's probably the most Halloween esque song that I'll ever write. <laughs> so it just kind of made sense to put it out in October, but it's way different than gloomy days for sure. It's more electronic and, more kind of vibey moody kind of stuff. Whereas the gloomy days goes more acoustic and kind of singer songwritery, more traditionally singer, more traditional singer songwriter. That's cool. You continue to uh, expand the sounds and ideas, which is awesome as well. Um, See, I was, I I had already checked out uh, gloomy days, but I saw the title of that one, wanted to ask you about it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks for Um, asking about it. Yeah. So as far as, Switchfoot goes, um, the song you chose to talk about for this episode is Beloved, track one off of Switchfoot's latest album in Terabang. And I'm glad that we're going to be able to chat about the new album. We have not uh, been able to do so uh, very much so far on the podcast. But this song, I was, I was thinking about it today, probably my favorite song off the new album. Um, maybe it might be tied at times uh, with Backwards in Time. I really love both mm-hmm. those songs. 
Same. Um, oh really like I really like electricity as well. I mean, there's a lot of good tracks, but yes. And again, it's seasonal. It can change week to week. But I think for the most part, I've probably listened to Beloved and Backwards of Time the most. Um, but man, it's just such a like to me, this song has it was the perfect opener, especially when you consider the time, the season of life, and this particular album, just like what they're talking about the like the kind of roller coaster of of a chorus and just it just like set the set the mood perfectly but um for you you know why why did this song um stick out um to choose it today yeah well i'll i'll be honest i could have literally picked any switchfoot song (laughs) i'm actually super jealous of you because you will inevitably get to talk about every single switchfoot song that exists yeah and uh that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I literally could have picked any song because I've had moments with all of these songs. And I, I remember the first time seeing Switchfoot live and hearing only hope, which I didn't even know the first three albums existed at that point in time. And I was like, what's this one? I've never heard the song before going back and listening to it and being overwhelmed by how, how good every single song is. And so when I was thinking of like, okay, what song should I, should I, a request i just had to go with the one that gave me the most recent moment <laughs> because that was like the only way that i feel like i could whittle it down to just one otherwise it was going to be i could have gone with any of these five or any of these 10 or whatever but um beloved came to my mind uh, as the most recent because i uh i went to see switchfoot um in 2021 they were on tour with need to breathe um and it was still kind of like everybody was pretty wary and cautious of COVID-19 and all that. So it was mm-hmm. a really different show than I've ever been to for a Switchfoot show. There was a lot less like John didn't go out into the crowd and uh, which he usually does in most shows. And um, there was just a, like a little bit of a different feel, but it was also the first concert that I had been to since the pandemic. And um, the whole show was great. And every song, of course, maybe emotional, but this one, honestly, I had kind of overlooked it in the new album. Um, I thought it was good, but like I had a few other ones that I was like, I really hope they play this one. I really hope they play this one. Mm-hmm. And then when they started playing Beloved, I just like my brain just kind of like melted into into like a new <laughs> like like high heat that I was like, wait a second, how did I how did I miss the incredible beauty of the song and um, it was like this moment that I kind of realized I didn't think that we would ever get to do this again. I didn't think we would ever get to hear live music. I didn't think we'd ever get to see our favorite artists. I didn't think we'd ever get to congregate in a room like this. And I was just kind of like, yeah, just overcome with emotion. I started crying when, uh, it, it hits this part in the song, um, where it kind of like drops down and then it, uh, which, let's see, which line was it? Um, the questions that we're too afraid to ask because the present is the future of the past because the river is the same, but moving fast lately. Maybe, maybe every other is a we, maybe differences are easier to see than the family we are. That's underneath. Maybe like you need me. And then it's like this big drop, you know, and then it hits this huge chord, boom. And the new year dawns. And when that happened live, I have never wept so openly at a Switchfoot show at any concert, probably. 
And it just was like a new feeling for me. So now every time I listen to this song, I'm like transported back to this little venue in Kansas city that was just like totally overwhelming and, and incredible that I, I don't think I'll ever forget it. And especially, especially because of the whole thing of like, I didn't think we would ever get to do this again. And here we are. And yeah, it was just a really beautiful moment. So that's why I picked it is literally because of that opportunity to get to see a song live, which I think speaks volumes to how incredible uh, of a band Switchfoot is live that I know tons of people who weren't really fans. They saw them live in person and all of a sudden <laughs> Switchfoot's like one of their favorite bands now. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of stories like that for sure. Um, I saw, I went to that tour as well. And I remember that night, the only disappointment I had was that they didn't play beloved that night, but that also shows um, like they played the hard way as, as their new oh, one. But, yeah. Um, but that also shows that that's also like a good thing for the band because you know, and there's obviously some things that they do the same or similar, but there's also always at least a couple like pockets of, of the set that are just like, what do you want to do tonight? Or what's the request yeah. tonight? And they just, yeah, <laughs> they just, you know, they go for it. So that's also, that's pretty cool as well. So I love that, that they always are willing to switch up the set list. And, and uh, I think I just, where did I hear it? Maybe I heard it on your podcast <laughs> that they, they are, uh, what they have like 170 plus songs yep. that they're able to pull out at any time and yeah you that was that was literally like two episodes ago wasn't it yes yeah the, <laughs> yeah. the fading west episode yeah. yeah matt matt casella said he was with yeah. with the guys and chad told him that and he was just blown away that's incredible you know we heard clips of beloved and i remember hearing that you know the verse and, and the words that went with it so i was like i'm i can tell this is going to be a favorite but um, i remember going out in my back deck you know at midnight that friday that it came out and so that's the first track and just sitting on my deck we were getting ready to move uh across town and uh it was just again with everything going on and then it was just mm-hmm. pretty cool moment um being out there past midnight the first track you hear so got so many you know just examples like that and stories of of how the songs connect so i love it yeah for sure i think man there i could honestly talk about every switchfoot song for well over an hour but this one it's just so it's just so rich so much great lyricism which i mean no surprise right like of course yeah. there's great lyricism in in john's lyrics but this one in particular really caught me definitely one thing i wanted to do for this episode something a little different i kind of wanted to get your live reaction we didn't talk about this beforehand live reaction to some of the things that John and some of the guys said about the song um, from a video that they put, they actually put this on YouTube. It was a previous uh, live stream where they're taking some questions about the song beloved. So I'm going to play a handful of clips and uh, just kind of talk through, uh, cause this is more extensive than just like an article. So pretty cool stuff as always uh, from John, you'll hear a little bit of Tim and I think possibly Chad as well in some of these clips. Here we go. Here's the first clip. Hopefully you can hear it. Let me know if you can't. Sure. In Beloved. Um, one of my favorite lines to sing is, and I still don't think I'm wrong. Um, that song, that particular line in that song came out of my relationship with uh, our producer, specifically. For me, talking back and forth about what music means and 
and his understanding that our music should be less earnest. Mm -hmm. And I, and I disagree. I think that, um, I echo Dolly Parton's sentiment. If you ain't crying, why singing it? You know, um, I mean every word I say, and I want to, I want to believe them. I want to be earnest about what I'm singing. Otherwise I, why are you singing it? Yep. So that's my favorite line in the song. <laughs> Good stuff. What, what'd you think from that? Oh man. Yeah. I have not heard that yet. That is really cool. I, I honestly, I, I caught that line before, um, but I didn't catch it like that. So I, I think that's really, it gives me like almost a new like dimension of that line. Cause I thought it was more tied. I still don't think I'm wrong. Um, to be earnest in these broken longing songs, I just, I don't even know how to describe the way that I was, I was thinking of it, but that gives me so much more clarity <laughs> in the way that he means it, which I think is also the beauty of John's songwriting is they're very okay with people grabbing onto lyrics and making a mean, uh, or not making them mean, but, but taking them to mean something more personal to the listener. But then it just it it just kind of gives me like new eyes to see. Oh, that's like having that context really adds more beauty and depth to that lyric. And around that whole thing, I know I know them and um, uh, what's the producer's name? Tony uh, Berg, I think. Tony Berg, yeah, yeah. Tony Berg. Um, I know that they are very different <laughs> ideologically. And uh, I know that he pushed them a lot musically, which is also really cool. Um, but they, they, they did. They also have so many, like, so much common ground in the willingness to just explore the song. And so, I, yeah, that I really love that line, and I I love it even more. <laughs> yeah, I have mad respect for them for just the whole process. Like I know I've said it on the show before, but like what kind of band would say, Hey, let's find someone who believes completely different than us. And is, yes. you know, we're going to have a lot of tension there, but that's kind of the point of this whole record and mm -hmm. the fact, and, and in this song, like I need you, you need me. I mean, it's just wild to think about like all the stories that went with it. And as we kind of mentioned, and I'll share a quote from John later too, about what Tony, like his, um, his role in this song and what he did with the chorus. Like, it's cool that, you know, he's got a line that's kind of like directly to him, but also, Hey, part of the song was, was shaped by Tony. And it's just, I don't know. It's a really cool, you know, musically and lyrically um, kind of story there. So, all right. This next clip is a lot about identity. It's about a minute long. So here we go. Clip number two. All right. Hey, so, <clears throat> So the entire song stems from my insecurities and my uh, fears and weakness, the dark thoughts at night that um, keep me up. And I find that I am at my worst when I am driven by this dark engine of fear and doubt and despair. And that I am at my best when I'm reminded of my identity, which is not as a songwriter, it's partly that. It's not as a brother, it's partly that. It's not as a friend, it's partly that. Um, it's not a husband, 
father, all these things are beautiful elements, but my true identity is that of being beloved. And when I'm operating out of that, um, well, then I can actually be giving to others rather than just sucking them dry. And so that for me was the impetus for the song. And I don't think the word ever makes it into the song. No, it's just, that was the, um, kind of the prompt in my head that the song was born from. All right. So that right there is one of my favorites, probably of the past year, um, quotes that I put on at least part of it, obviously not the whole thing, but part of it on the daily John Foreman Twitter account, um, just about identity and, uh, Man, pretty good stuff. Man, I, that might be my favorite John Foreman quote ever. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like it's good. That that was it, it's it's so profound. Yeah, it's it's simple, and oh, man, he just speaks so poetically. Like, I don't think I know very many. I, I I would say I know a handful of people here in Omaha. Omaha has a really interesting artist and music scene. We have songwriters all over the place. And uh, like, you know, Bright Eyes and Connor Oberst are from here. And so like, there's all these like super weird indie hipsters that <laughs> love to speak in poetic form. Um, but nobody does it quite like John does. And it's just so fantastic to hear somebody like speak with such eloquence and truth and um Oh, man, what's the word? It's it's really endearing. It's really endearing to hear somebody talk about their identity in such a way without being, you know, super CCME. Like I've played the, the the Christian music festivals and I've seen some really big bands and I've played on some of these weird, some of these uh, uh, really cool like main stages and just been like, there's not a lot of like, subtlety <laughs> and there's not a lot of of that uh that in, endearingness that like they're all very direct which there's a totally a place for and and i am thankful for that too um but there's just something unique about john and how he talks about that i love that the word beloved is not anywhere in the song and yet it's literally the core root of the whole thing that's his identity is as a beloved and uh you know, as a beloved son of God, as a beloved son of his earthly father, as a beloved, uh, he doesn't even really like think much of being a beloved artist, I'm sure, but he is. And when he responds in that way at live shows, I think about that, like he's literally responding to people who just really love him as a songwriter and an artist and have responded to, to his stuff uh, over the years. And that's honestly, that's why he does so much of what he does uh, with people um, in person is because he just wants to respond to the fact that he's loved and he wants to love people back. And that's just so cool. (laughs) He's literally like one of the coolest people ever (laughs) because he just exudes that that vibe. Like, I just want to give love back and 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 love people when they protest me and love people <laughs> no matter what they're doing yeah and that's just so cool of him man yeah anytime like the topic of identity comes up you know it's just amazing for me and i think you know you and i both wear many hats in our lives like you're involved in many things i'm involved in many things um it's easy for people to identify themselves based on their career or like something they've accomplished or 
on the other side of that, maybe something they failed at, maybe a mistake they made. They, they kind of think this is who I am. This is my, my identity, but like none of those things like define me, um, have all these different jobs and different things I do. And, and maybe some people that, that know me only in those environments, they may know me as that thing, but I'm really, you know, defined as a child of God. And, you know, all those other things are just kind of like subplots. Yeah. Um, so I love how he was like, yeah, it's partly that like, I'm, that's part of me, but this is not my, like everything who I am. So really good stuff. We playing that, that quote on repeat. That's good. Next one here is definitely a much lighter note, but it's got to do with the line in the song about the memes. So a little shorter <laughs> clip here, um, but we'll play it and see what you think about this one. Yeah. I think me the meme, the meme world is this two-dimensional um, gross misrepresentation of the complexity of what reality really is. And so I, I love memes. I love, you know, text threads and and all of that. But sometimes um, putting the phone down and staring at the sunset can be incredibly richer than any text thread. Any meme you can send me can't beat the sunset. <laughs> so I, I guess, you know, even for, for John Foreman, that may be a lighter thing, but he still, he still went deep with it, which I love. He does. <laughs> <laughs> he totally does. Oh man. Yeah. That. Okay. I, I totally, one thing about John's songwriting that blows my mind is how, he he writes with the cadence sometimes as a, as a rapper would i remember he he used to talk a lot about listening to a ton of beastie boys and uh for some reason i've never not heard beastie boys since he's uh said that in his songwriting because it there's such a cool cadence to it um that uh let's see where's that line i have it pulled up here in front of me staring and despairing on the screen turning everything that's real into a meme but the feeds that i read don't feed me what i need dude that's such a cool line and it just kind of flows in such a unique way and i know uh yeah i know david zock from Remy drive was on an earlier episode too mm -hmm. and uh i remember david years ago we're, we're both from nebraska and so i got to open for him uh, a long time ago as he was writing um i think he was writing the song commodity um and he just kind of spat this line and it was very uh in that in this same kind of a vibe where it just kind of like it, the cadence is so fluid and uh, just the rhyme scheme is so cool and you know th those that's the kind of thing is growing up as a kid in nebraska wanting to be a songwriter wanting to to not just be impressive but also to in, invoke a feeling and an emotion in in the, the songs um writers like john and like david and um like connor oberst from bright eyes and and those kinds of guys they write these songs that just they they invoke an emotion and a feeling that even when you just read it you can't help but react because <laughs> it's just such a good line um and then you hear it and it's like doubly powerful because of the way that it's played out and it's it's so funny because yeah, for John, it's just another, like, he's just kind of playing on a thing that we all just kind of do. 
and yet it's so many layers deep and literally anybody who listens to a switchfoot song if you don't get it uh you need to listen to it again with <laughs> clear glasses and clear headphones because there's so much depth to pull out of every single song yeah definitely agree um i i put that down as my actual um, favorite lyric of the song is uh, the feeds that i read don't feed me what i need just such an incredible play on words and yeah sometimes um which i know different topic for a different day but i've seen uh or i've i've told a lot of people like even a band like reliant k and, and matthew Thiessen, sometimes the lyrics are so quick and sometimes <laughs> sound quirky that you kind of forget or you don't know like how how much depth there is there like like to those words and uh i think in a song like beloved like that verse um the first couple of verses there or some of the lines are so quick that maybe people miss it and they're just kind of tapping their foot along but man if you really dig into it it's pretty brilliant stuff yes for sure i've always appreciated great songwriting i think um there's obviously a time and a place for songs that are just fun you know Mm -hmm. like i'm never going to talk bad about a song because songs are incredible gifts that we've been given um even songs that i would disagree with everything about it (laughs) like like i might disagree but it's not inherently a bad song mm-hmm. um unless you're setting out on purpose to make a bad song i guess that would be bad um, <laughs> but any bad song still can lead to a good song if you are working hard at it as a writer um but man there's just there's nothing quite like a song that says something and um yeah can just draw out all of those feelings i i i remember there's a bob dylan quote and I'm I'm sure that I heard it secondhand through John Foreman, but I don't remember at this point in time. Um, but I know there's it's I know it's originally <laughs> attributed to Bob Dylan, even though I know he ripped off a lot of quotes too. So who knows? Maybe he pulled it from somebody else. But it's it's uh the world doesn't need another song, but somebody who has something to say, now that's a different thing. And uh and I might have just butchered that quote too, but the <laughs> principle's the same. Um that man. John just always has something to say. And even the songs that Tim's co-written on and a couple that Tim has written almost fully, um, like they always write songs because they have something to say, you know, Jerome's side projects and the stuff that he did before Switchfoot. These guys just always have something to say. And I love that. I love that. They're not just writing songs to make money or to, or to, uh, man, even protesting something would be saying something like they're not just doing it flippantly. They're doing it because they're, they're passionate about saying something and man, that just speaks volumes. Absolutely. Yeah. So this, uh, this last one here is a much shorter clip, but it's another one of those. Wow. John Foreman moments, I believe. Um, So this one here, final clip that we'll play. We'll get your thoughts on it. Here we go. Okay. I think kind of anything that, reminds me to center myself on the love of my maker um that feels grounding centering reminding me of who i really am and allowing me to stop pretending to be someone i'm not Mm. dude once again he says something that i feel like i say all the time but i don't say it like that (laughs) you know like he he just says it so so poetically and eloquently and oh it's it there's just so there's so 
many layers. I, I can't like stop just saying that over and over again, because especially that's why this song caught me so, so deeply is because it just keeps on going. The more that you read it, the more that you catch things, the more that you listen to it, the more that you notice this and that the, the, the harmonies in this song are incredible. Um, the chord structures. I know that that was one thing that Tony Berg pulled out of them was like some unique, you know, uh, $5 chords. <laughs> yeah. And, and they did, they did some, some heavy lifting on this record. And this song in particular, I think just, it's an incredible kickoff to Interabang. I know that the album itself is kind of polarizing for fans. Some people really don't like it. I was just texting a friend the other day, actually, who really doesn't like it. And I love it. <laughs> and just debating. There's also a quirkiness to this album that yeah. um, is kind of reminds me a lot of new way to be human. And some of those earlier records. Um, it's just, it's so fascinating to me to, to listen to these songs and just hear how that purposefulness um, and that identity, it, it, it doesn't just exist in the lyrics. It also exists in the music. It feels like, which is just so cool. And so awe inspiring. And I think, yeah, once again, going back to that moment in Kansas city um, at, at the show, like, all of those things put together the way that John John's inflection for like, you need me like the way that he, he says it. And then where that drop hits and just everything about that moment in that song live was exactly what I needed in that moment (laughs) to be reminded of, wow, we, we have come so far apart from each other and we just, we need to look back at each other. And remember, man, I might disagree with you at the other side of the table about everything, but I need you. And I think that's been kind of for me recently as a, as I've been rediscovering myself as a songwriter, because for, you know, for a few years there, I was doing almost exclusively worship music. And now I've kind of re-entered the, the realm as a, as a, just a general singer songwriter again. And, um, it's been sitting down at tables with people who would never come play with me to do something Christian church camp related <laughs> uh, or anything like that. But I go play at a bar downtown and we're both sitting there talking and uh, inspired by each other's music. And that's, that's just been so real to me lately is this need maybe every other is a we oh just yeah just leave it to john to to blow your mind with yeah one lyric let alone one song (laughs) it reminds me was that was the song um god badge where he says there is no us or them only folks you do and don't understand is that oh yeah yeah that was the fiction family one right yeah Yes. Yeah, it reminded me. Reminded me of that, that does, as well. That's so funny. I don't. I did not make that tie, but I think you're right. That's so he's, and that's the thing about John. He would say he writes about the same like three things, yeah. <laughs> and all of us are sitting here like, wow. I wish I could write about the same three things like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> answering questions like he was, he was not writing an article. He was not. He had no time to you know, like think through his thoughts and then present it. It was literally a live stream <laughs> answering questions. Yeah which is just <laughs> mind blowing. And 
And I now that reminds me that I one of the quotes that I quoted him in the book that I wrote was another interview that he was in. So again, it was not just an article or something that he had time to write. It's just his response. So yeah. pretty cool, man. He, I, I, I feel like if you were to cut John Foreman's arm, he wouldn't bleed blood. He would just bleed a wealth of wisdom and knowledge and insightfulness. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that looks like when it comes out of your body, that's what it would be. <laughs> <laughs> except I will say I've actually seen John bleed one time. It was uh, the very first show I ever went to see him and it got captured on their old uh, switch foot. Uh, uh, what, what do they call it? I think it was just switch foot podcasts or switch. Maybe it was the switch foot TV or something like that. And they were on the O gravity tour and he tripped over a subwoofer and just ate it so hard that he like busted his nose and was bleeding a little bit. And uh, I remember I'm trying to remember how how he played it off, but he played it off so well. And it was just it was just a moment that I was like, <laughs> you know, when you're like a teenager, your favorite band is borderline godlike, <laughs> even if it's a band that, you know, you, you don't you don't do that uh, and you're you're careful. But even still, it doesn't matter. Like you're like, these guys are are invincible and they're superhuman. And in that moment, I was like, this guy, he's real, he's honest, he's raw. He will make a mistake and he'll just own it and, and move on. And it wasn't even like a serious mistake. He tripped and hurt his face, you know, <laughs> but it was still like, so it's, it's, it, it's just typical quintessential John Foreman to trip over a sub, smack himself in the nose and it still be somehow deep and meaningful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, even when like talking about him, I have all these other different memories that pop up and I think one of their old DVDs, I think was, it was either switch footage or it was one of those old ones. And I remember oh, yeah. him like the human element of it. He was like, these people don't just realize that we're just a bunch of idiots writing our names on pieces of paper. He was cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> so we had I, this to say, no. I, I, some of this might sound, um, might be repeated a little bit from the clips. Um, but he said this, we'll kind of end with this here. Um, but he wrote, he said, 2020 was a horrible year for pretty much anything other than songwriting. Ours is a fractured world where community is hard to find. When we can't find community, we settle for tribalism instead. If a community is defined as a group of people united by a common love, Tribalism is her evil twin, united not by love, but by hatred or fear. Tribalism is a knee-jerk response to a world that feels overwhelming. Mm. Beloved is my response to the tribalism within and around me. I wanted to set the tone for the album with this song, addressing the listener as you and seeing myself in the face staring back at me. Could it be that maybe we need each other? Maybe we need our differences. Beloved is a song that attempts to see you as you are, rather than as an it that can be uh, commoditized or used. Love is only possible in this exchange, in this surrender, this humility, this intentionality. Uh, beloved attempts to define my highest worth as a human, as one who is beloved, not what I can achieve materially in this realization of identity. My fear, my doubt, my panic is put in the proper context. They do exist, but these fluore fluorescent lights are hard to see in the orbit of a much larger star. I may be seen as a number or an it by the world around me, but that is not my identity, nor is it yours. Oh man. What more can you say? <laughs> there's, there's, 
I, I, I fear for the day that we don't get any new John Foreman or Switchfoot songs because it'll be a, a day where there's a huge vacuum left that I, I'm sure someone incredible will fill it, but I just can't imagine it, which I mean, I'm sure we've had parents and grandparents who have felt the way about their favorite artists. Like who could ever fill this hole? Mm-hmm. Um, but man, who talks like that? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody talks like that. And it's, it's just awe inspiring and incredible. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, uh, I think yeah. the good news is he's, he loves music so much that I think at least he would keep going, but who knows? Um, and uh, as I mentioned on a previous show, they got their own studios. Like, keep pumping out music forever, and yes, write some books and stuff, and just uh, yeah, hopefully we we continue to uh, to get it because it's just uh, it's pretty awesome as we've talked about. Yeah, if these guys keep on going for fifty more years, I'll, you know, I think I can. I think I'll be okay with fifty. If they if they can't quite make it a, lo- a little bit longer, then that's fine. <laughs> I will say I have thought before, and this is a terrible thought, but I've thought before about if if it was said that they were about to be done, it's their final tour, and it was my final time seeing them, like I'll just be a mess that night. So hopefully we can oh man we can hold that off for many more years. <laughs> I, I don't even know how they would do it because I feel like everybody would just want to go to the to every show yeah. like <laughs> i'd go i'd go bankrupt just going to all the switchfoot shows i could yeah. <laughs> if that was the last tour <laughs> oh, well man. good stuff amazing song um thanks for jumping on and and uh being willing to uh try something different on this episode with the clips that we listen to what's next for you and your music and where can people find you yeah well first let me just say that was super fun and i'm glad that I, I I've been I've been for years like anytime there's a new interview or something out there I've I've gone and watched it and found it somehow and that's one that I totally missed so uh, I'm glad I hadn't heard those because that was all really refreshing and new to me um, which is fun so thanks for doing that um, yeah you can find me on Instagram Facebook all these things on social media at Kevin T McClure and that's McClure with two C's um, and you can also just, uh, keep, uh, an ear out for, I've got kind of, a, a sister EP to gloomy days that I'm working on right now. That'll be, I think out in January. Um, and so that's, uh, that's really exciting. That's just more songs that are kind of in that same, same mindset of trying to dig into the depths of, of my heart and pull out, you know, what I've been working through for years and years, um, depression, uh, uh, mental health and um, even just kind of challenges and in, in, in questions and faith. And uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the place that I feel like I write the most naturally out of is questioning and wondering. And I'm sure I could almost guarantee you that that is influenced strongly by a writer like John. Uh, and um, my wife and I also do a podcast called this one's a doozy. And you can find that um, my wife's a grammar Nazi, so she didn't feel good about not putting an apostrophe, which you can't do on handles. <laughs> so you can find that this one is a doozy on Instagram and this one's a doozy podcast on Facebook. And it's a true crime and kind of like spooky stories kind of a podcast, which is uh, so odd and out there, I know, and it has nothing to do with songwriting or 
anything but it's just a ton of fun and it's clean so it's one of those like i know there's a lot of, of true crime podcasts that are absolutely not clean and you can't listen to those with your kids in the car but we wanted to kind of go that route a little bit so you can find this one's a doozy as well and listen uh to those stories if, if you um and uh, if if i could also just like shout out some incredible artists that I love that have also influenced me over the years. And I've already mentioned remedy drive. David Zock is an incredible human. Who's mm-hmm. literally fighting the darkest parts of humanity right now, fighting off human trafficking. Um, and uh, if, well, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to leave it at that because I think I could go a whole list of tons and tons of people, but, but I think David is, is a gem of a human. Uh, up there with someone like John, who I think people need to go listen to their music as well. So right there with you, so many good ones. Uh, love those guys, David Remini Drive. Um, super thankful that he was on the show and uh, got a lot of a lot of great people coming up. And uh, that's one of my favorite parts of this whole thing is being able to have these conversations, meet some new people. Got a new friend who lives in Nebraska now. Yeah, uh, that's I right. You like you need me, right? Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully we can yes. connect uh, down the road at a Switchfoot show or, or some kind of, uh, who knows, musical festival or something. Ho- you know, hopefully that'll happen one day. For sure. That would be so much fun. I'd love that. Thanks so much for coming on and have a good one.